sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this evening. Amen. Your word says, unto you shall the gathering of the people be. Amen. This evening we are gathered unto no human being but unto you. Yes, Lord. We have come to your throne of grace. Amen. That we may receive mercy yes. and grace to help in time of need. Amen. Father, we plead, we plead the cross, yes. for that is the reason why we have been counted worthy to speak your word. I lift up the cross as a standard against the enemy. I lift up the cross as my strength and my power. Lord, may we preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that my words may not stand in the enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the demonstration of your spirit and of your power. Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand, and I say that if you can use anything, use this vessel of clay to glorify your name and to fulfill your will. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing without you, but with you I can do all things. Yes, use me. For his mercy's sake, yes. in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a joy to be in your midst today. Amen. And it's also a surprise to be here. But I thank God that he has made it possible. Honestly, I come to the mountains, but I come to the Bible school and then to the orphanage. Honestly, I came to preach in a church on the mountains. And then Bishop Rory's wife came to Anakazo me from that church after my preaching to her church and I couldn't believe that I went. Bishop Rory because I had another appointment after the mountains. I had to descend to Accra to go for another appointment. But then my assistant LPBM, I didn't realize that she was biased towards the mountain churches. It didn't occur to me. So I was very worried about the program. I felt that they would start calling me the, the, the following program. So I was very 
But anyway, when I went to the church, or as I was going to the church, I believe that God touched my heart. And yes. then I thought, Oh, why don't I visit the churches in the mountains? But though I had the desire, I didn't know how it would come about because it's been so tight, even today. So I thank God for his grace. And I'm happy to be here. And as I sat down listening to all the ministrations, I believe God touched my heart again. And I I ask that he shows me what to do. After I went to Bishop Rory's church, a few days after, my husband arrived and I went to meet him at the airport. And I told him I went to Bishop Rory's church. It's very far. And he explained the vision of that church to me. I was with him and Bishop Adi and Bishop Saki and then Bishop Ogo. And then Bishop Adi turned and told Bishop Ogo, Oh, God has touched there. She will build all your churches for you. And I pray for grace. Amen. Amen. But God will make a way. Amen. Amen. So I bring you greetings from the bishop. Who is preaching in Botswana? Ably assisted by Bishop Ugo. And that has made we, the wives, free to be here. Amen. Amen. Like Reverend Yoko was saying, you know, every time I go to a branch, I'm very humbled by what God is doing. And I think, Lord, give me grace never to fight your work. Because, you know, you may never see what you were fighting. And every time I go anywhere, be it Papua New Guinea, be it Fiji, be it Mampong, I see that God is building his church. And I'm glad that I'm glad that God gives me the grace to encourage the vision instead of opposing the vision. We need spiritual eyes to see. And God will grant us those. Amen. Amen. I also want to salute your Bishop Rory. Papa Bishop Rory. The Bishop of Pediasi and its environs, I believe. Now, Bishop Oda Pediasi and Honkanono. And his notorious wife. And Papa Pano. For bringing me here. So to me, to me, a trim, I be do her. Amen. Amen. I want to salute Bishop Ogo, your chairman. Now, friends, so me talk with say, Emma Bishop Ogo, our Diano. One morning, I had hardly come out of my bed. When I got a message a few days ago before they left focus, oh, 
We are excited that you are visiting the mountains. Why is Bishop Ogo sending this? How does he know that I will be able to go? Na, I felt that it was a form of pressure. And then, Reverend Yoku and Bishop Rory were also sending me, oh, thank God. I said, is this orchestrated or planned or what, what, what are they trying to? And I said, please, I have not said I'm coming yet. I have not confirmed. But by God's grace, we are here tonight. So I salute all the pastors and their wives and the lady pastors who labor in this patch. And for you also, shepherds and church members, thank you for being here. There will be no church without you. We cannot be shepherds without you. You have to be sheep before we can have work as shepherds. So I salute you too. I want to tell you that your church has not begun. I think that the work is now going to begin. And I pray that God will give you a willing and a ready heart. And that like Caleb and Joshua, you will see beyond the physical. Everything the 12 spies saw was true. They said we saw giants in the land. Caleb and Joshua also saw the giants. They said that the people they can eat the inhabitants of the land. But they said that we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. So if you are a grasshopper in your own sight, the enemy sees you as a grasshopper. They all saw the same thing. They all experienced the same thing. But their conclusions were different. Because the Bible says that Caleb and Joshua, they had another spirit. The spirit of faith. The spirit that believed that with God all things were possible. The spirit that was not living by statistics. Because the Bible says what is impossible with men is possible with God. So I want to encourage you to walk by faith to see a mega church to see branches to see that your difficulty is space I remember when my husband went to start the New York church US 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 yeah, in New York, as for Arsenal. At that time, he went to start the branches on his own, three months at a stretch. And go to the land, or that he will stay there, that he will be fasting and praying, doing evangelism one on one, winning souls. And then when he gets the souls, he'll start to do evangelism on his own, 
things like that for three months. And then after a while, after the three months, usually, he would send somebody to come there. And and then he he would hand over to the person. But then, a few weeks ago, we were in New York for a camp meeting. And more than 4,000 church members registered. And they said to certain people in North America, you don't come, you don't come, you don't come, you don't come. Because we have a problem with space. As soon as the registration opened, they just opened registration for Hilton Hotel. It all was full. Within less than a day, it was full. So if you didn't register early, you had to go elsewhere. And the hall was a large hall. But there was nowhere that was enough for the people to meet. So they went to get an overflow hall, different overflow halls, then they put television screens so that people could see. It wasn't easy. So when you are on duty in the afternoon, you swap. You come in the morning. In the afternoon, you don't get ringside. You get somewhere else. And it was also first come, first serve. So when there's a small break, People will come and take the chairs. When you come, it's another issue. So sometimes my heart was so warmed that the kingdom of God can become like this. And I believe it takes steadfastness, loyalty, to God and to the vision. And not being tossed from here to there, but staying steadfast and on course. I mean, some of the people I didn't know. But it was also heartwarming to see a lot of old members. Still serving the Lord and pushing ahead. That will be your story. I've seen God transform so many lives just through the church. Even in the States, people who maybe wouldn't have thought of that oh my child can go to the university it's like it's not part of your thinking but when it happens that your pastor is a medical doctor even the fact that he's teaching your children it lifts their heights they see what is possible and they see what the church can produce and before you know all these so we have so many young doctors so many young professionals just through the church and it's a joy to see and I see that same spirit coming upon you God is faithful even when it seems difficult God is faithful whatever he has said in his word 
May you perform. May you increase. May you break forth. And may your problem be spaced. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm now coming to preach. I'm speaking from how you can be a strong Christian. And I want to speak about how to have a deeper Christian life. Let's turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 verse 13. Well, I'll catch verse for the depth is Psalm 42 verse 7 which says that deep calleth unto deep. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 8 verse 13. Now, how do we go about having a deeper Christian life in our walk with God? To be a strong Christian, our roots must go deep down. Roots go deep down before the plant starts to come up. So if we don't allow our roots to go deep, then we will not be true trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says that finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are not talking about being strong like Bukumbanku because you may be strong physically but you are not strong inwardly even the strongest of boxes is sometimes beaten so then the physical it's not as important as the spiritual. Some of us, we are strong in Some of us are strong in sleeping. Some of us are strong in fornicating. Some of us are strong in lying. Some of us are even strong in laziness. But if you are in this church and you live on the ridge, the laziness is minus you. Amen. Amen. Because sometimes I've come up here and then people are doing all sorts of work. Sometimes carpentry, something. And then when I'm talking to them, oh, as for mountains, mountains, So if you want any work, you have to go and bring them from Accra, not the mountains. But turn to your friend and say minus me. So some of us we are strong in laziness. And strong in sleep. And strong in gossip. And strong in fashion. And strong in doing our hair. But the Bible says, be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And there are so many reasons why we need to be strong. Amen. Amen. Because if you are not strong, 
Satan can steal all your goods. If you are not strong, Satan will just be playing chess, killing football with you. If you are not strong, you can never become all that God wants you to become. It takes strength to overcome temptation. It takes spiritual strength not to fornicate. It takes strength to go on evangelism. It takes strength to follow up. It takes strength to pray. It takes strength to fight sin. When Potiphar's wife was tempting Joseph, he had to run. Sometimes you need even physical strength to do spiritual things. When a tree has its roots deep down. And there's a storm. The tree cannot be easily removed. That is why you and I must have a deeper Christian life. Luke 8 verse 13. You know, I was, I was not surprised, but I felt led when the sisters sang. I don't wanna be a wayside ground. Because I was coming to talk about the shallow ground. Luke 8:13. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no roots which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away amen amen now to be a deep christian number 1 develop deep roots in the lord na so obey christo ni mapa no nedi kan ne se obenya ntini a ewo ewrade mu we all know the parable of the sower the Bible says the sower went out to sow. Some of the seed fell on the wayside. Some fell on rocks. Some fell among thorns. And some fell on good soil. And then Jesus gave the interpretation. But one thing that has always sobered me about the parable of the sower is that it seems the sower is not blamed, but the soil is blamed. So when we say that we don't want to be a stony ground, it's true, but the type of ground you are depends on you. Our hearts are so some way that when God who is the sower preaches, he gets only 25% success rate. The quarter fall on the wayside. A quarter fall among thorns. A quarter fall on a, a stony ground. And then a quarter fall on good soil. And tonight, I pray that you will choose to be good ground. Now, this group of people who are shallow, the ones who are not deep. Jesus describes them. The first thing is that they hear. They are they which when they hear. So they hear. As for hearing, they hear. And we are all Christians. We all come to church. We come to programs. So as for hearing, we hear. 
And then secondly, they receive the word of God with joy. They say preach on pastor. They say powerful pastor. They say you are saying something. They say, Pastor, you are dialing my number. They shout and they clap and they stand and they encourage the word. Which is good. But it's just a stage. They receive the word. See, some people don't receive the word. Some people, everything you say is it's not true. Oh, I don't believe it. Uh, this one, it doesn't uh, apply to me. You are like the man who said, every day they preach in the church, you come to the pastor and say, Pastor, today you really gave it to them. And the pastor will be thinking, this man, how doesn't he see that the word up? Applies to him. Every Sunday, day in and out, the man will come. Pastor, today you spoke to them. He takes out. The one day, it rained heavily like this evening. And nobody came to church except this man. So the preached his heart out. So that today the man can't come and say that, Pastor, you spoke to them. So the pastor preached windows from the man's life. And then the man came up. He said, Pastor, if they had come to church today, they would have changed. Some of us are like that. Every time the word is preached, you are sharing it to people. Every time the word is preached, you are thinking about other people. And not yourself. But at least these people on the rock, they receive the word. And then they receive it with joy. Amen. 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 And these have no roots. Which for a while believe. And in time of temptation, they fall away. Another version says they have no root in themselves. So we need root in ourselves. Not in somebody else. Not even in the church, but in yourself. Because the church is made up of all of us. So if we all have deep roots in ourselves and we come together the church God will be strong but this one they don't have any roots and they believe for a while sometimes you and I believe for a while sometimes when you got to know God everything he said you for a while. When he said you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, you believed it. But for a while, till maybe you were 50. Or till you went to university. Or till even JHS. You believe for a while. You believe because things are good. You believe because nothing has come to shake your faith. But the Bible says after a while when temptation comes up. 
They fall away. So you are not a deep Christian if when trouble comes, you fall away. God has not promised us a trouble-free life. The Bible says through much tribulation it says many are the afflictions of the righteous it doesn't say few it doesn't say once in a long while it says many but the good news is that God delivers him from them all and then we must have roots in ourselves. But in the time of testing, they fall away. Because they have no root. A time of testing will come for every Christian. If you are shallow in the time of testing, you will Many Christians do not know God for themselves. We cannot even explain why we do the things we do. We don't know why we belong to this particular church. We don't know why we speak in tongues. We don't know why we give offerings. And when we face a little criticism, we get confused and we have no defense. So, when you give, why do you give? But if you know his word, you will know that Luke 8.38, Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, Running over, will men give unto you? We have become like the world. The world has entered the church of God so much. And and we don't know, for instance, why we speak in tongues. And you ask somebody also, why do you speak in tongues? I say, oh, in my church, we speak in tongues. But the Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, Speaketh mysteries unto God. So if it's a mystery you are speaking, it is mysterious to Satan and all his demons. And because you know why you do what you do, it helps you to have roots. You don't know why they say don't marry an unbeliever. So you say, oh, Pastor, what love is? You are so shallow. But the Bible says, what fellowship has Christ with idols? It actually says, has Christ with Belial? And Belial means Satan. So if you marry an unbeliever, Satan is your father-in-law. So if you understand what you are doing, it helps you to get roots. Amen. Amen. So we have to know why we do what we do. If you face a little criticism as a Christian, you say, I won't come to the church again. I won't be in the choir again. Eh, 
every time I'm singing, then they will be talking. What you are doing, is it in service to God or in service to man? And is it man who will reward you or is God who will reward you? And is it service unto God or service unto yourself? This is shallow Christianity. And it even lets churches not grow. Because that's for you, everything you have to fight it. Everything you take it to the Supreme Court, not to the High Court. And did you see how she looked at me? And if your friend says, I didn't see then she's not your friend again. You go and look for another one. Because you, you don't understand what you are doing. When somebody is annoying, say, Today I won't go to church, but when I go, I will see her. But if you knew Hebrews 10 25, it said, Not neglecting the assembling of yourselves together. As the habit of some is. But meeting the more as you wait for him. You may think that because I'm the bishop's wife, I always feel like coming to church. I normally feel like coming to church. But sometimes the pain you have is from somebody in the church. And you are coming to the church to lift your hands. Amen. 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 You don't have a problem with God. God. He's not troublesome. But it's his children. And unless you allow the Holy Spirit to remind you why you come to church, you will soon stop. Because there's no perfect church. Because there's no perfect. We were perfect before you came. As soon as you came, we became imperfect. So if you follow your feelings, you are a shallow Christian. The Bible didn't say as many as are led by their feelings. There are times when we also don't feel like preaching to you. And we also feel like changing sheep. Just like you feel like changing churches. But we have received a higher calling. And we understand what God has called us to. Turn to your friend and ask, so do you have roots? <laughs> We must know why we are serving the Lord. So your father, your mother, your closest friend cannot change your mind. A friend of ours who was very on fire for the Lord. Look, he knew more scripture than us. While we were in the university, he just deviated. Extraordinary, extraordinarily gifted people usually deviate. I don't know whether it's a form of pride. But he deviated. And I wept so much. And then he came and he was telling me. Uh, I have some deeper truths. He said that if you are a lady, you should wear long sleeves and even your neck should not show. So your neck should be covered. 
And when we asked him, so what verse are you standing on? He said, Christ came to fulfill the law and not to abolish it. And the law said that you should wear long sleeve and all the things that it said. When he said that he left, then I opened my Bible. When I studied the Bible, in the New Testament, the Bible said, love is the fulfilling of the law. Fulfilling of the law. So I said to him when he came again, I said that the abolition of the law, Christ came to fulfill the law, is the law of love. It's nah. not the law of Old Testament like you are saying. Nah. And he was a very good friend to Bishop too. In fact, nah. I got to know him through Bishop. The fellowship were worried. They said that, hey, now this guy is close to Bishop. What will happen? But by the grace of God. And by the grace of knowing God for yourself. God preserved us. Only a few months ago, I learned that he had died. But every time I met him, he was still my friend. He said, you see, I've married a wife. Oh. I always tell her, you, you don't know my friends. Oh. You don't know my friends. This is not my group. I said, so come to your group. Eh? I said, sure. The last time I heard before he even died, what I heard of him is something things unbelievers do. So you must have roots in yourself. Because men can go astray. When you, you are shallow and you don't have a personal experience with God, you are never able to say, God told me. You can't say, I was having my quiet time and God just spoke to me through the scripture. You don't have any conviction of your own. The only thing you know is what God told Bishop Dad, what God told Bishop Rory, what God told Reverend Yoku. That's all you know, but your own conviction, you don't have any. Some of us don't even know the difference between our faith and the faith of other sects and other religions. Some people have witnessed to me before and they told me, they read from the Bible, Revelation, it says that only 144,000 people will go to heaven. When they opened and they shared with me, it was there. But when no, I read more verses in the same chapter, John the Revelator said, and I saw a great multitude no, that cannot be numbered. And he said, of every nation, of every tribe, and of every tongue. So I showed it to the person. I said, so what does this mean? Oh, no, 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 but look at this verse. One for I said, oh, 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 oh,
diversion. The world is now even more dangerous than it's ever been. And shallow Christians are at risk. Amen. <laughs> Don't just speak in tongues because others are speaking in tongues. You must know why tongues sound like a monotonous and repetitive language. Because the scriptures say, as a stammering tongue, with a stammering tongue, shall you speak? With a stammering tongue, will I speak to you? Tongues are described as a stammering tongue. It is a heavenly language that comes out in a stammering fashion. You may be in a church, but you may fall at the next shaking and crisis. Next time there is a problem in the church, your membership and commitment will be shaken. Only a shallow Christian will fall away when a great man of God gets into a problem. What have the sins of the man of God got to do with your salvation? Why on earth would you think of leaving Jesus Christ because of your pastor's mistakes? It's because you are shallow and you don't know God for yourself. Bishop says, I'm the pastor of a large church and I know many people will do anything I tell them to. But I always tell them not to follow me if I do not follow Christ. If you are told to chew grass and Christ did not chew grass, Say a catch or say, Ray or in Ra, Nasa, yes, Christo, I'm in Ra. 